What's up guys and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Since last week was the end of the first season of The Mandalorian, I figured we would just take 20 questions and focus on that, the very first ever live action Star Wars series. Andrew Evans and Kyle Smith ask who the person at the end of chapter five was. I think that's the biggest lingering question from season one. I mean, it's it's the one thing they kind of left unanswered. Yeah, I am surprised that they didn't drop any closure on that at all or bring it up again. Uh, I mean, the last shot is definitely like a big bombshell, but yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't do a little more with that. Like, it could have been just Gideon, and that would be nice and neat and fill in all the gaps, but I still think it's Boba Fett. No. No way. I, it's gotta be. No way! <laughs> <laughs> I, like, at this point, if they introduce Fett in season two, especially, like, if they keep doing little teases for a while, like, I, I didn't want Boba Fett in season one because, yeah, he would overshadow this new character. I think we're all on board with the Mandalorian now, Din Djarin, and of course Baby Yoda. I think that they can introduce Boba Fett in season two or three and like build up this coming conflict that like, oh, your new favorite and your old favorite are going to fight. I don't know. I just, I don't want it to be Boba Fett. I'll be fine if it is, but I don't think it is. Uh, Yeah, it could be Gideon. It could be another famous Mandalorian that will have an appearance in season two, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's the Spurs. That's, I just don't know why they would use that sound effect otherwise. They've used that in other places, though, haven't they? Not that I know of. I've seen people say that they have. Oh, well. So I'm going to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's Boba Fett, but it, it didn't happen in season one, so I won the Fett bet. And we, I gotta discuss terms with the Templin Institute. That's true. Harry West wants to know what Skywalker saga characters we want to see in season two. So there are rumors from Deadline, I think. Someone has a source that says multiple Skywalker saga characters will show up. I don't think they mean that like, well, here comes Luke and Han and like, n- no. I think that what they mean is background characters like Bosk. Yeah. He was in the Skywalker saga. I think he'd be a great... Like, any bounty hunter, I feel like, is up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if you if you think it's Boba Fett and he'll be in season two, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, you have the... And I also think that you could kind of sort of say characters from the Clone Wars are Skywalker saga characters, kind of. Yeah. But I think more likely we're going to see some bounty hunters, other background characters, like... R5-D4 was in a shot. Like, (laughs) he's a Skywalker Saga character. I don't know. Who's still alive? Um, Well, we know Dengar's still around because he turns into that monster (laughs) from The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Well, that's uh, hinted towards, or or is it confirmed? Uh, It's hinted. (laughs) In the Visual Dictionary, we'll have a video about (laughs) things that the Visual Dictionary point out. And and yeah, that's one of them. Uh, I think the bounty hunters are most likely. And yeah, like that's, I remember playing with my bounty hunter action figures a lot. And John Favreau has talked about how this is, it feels like dumping out your action figures and playing as a kid. That's how he's uh, talked about making this show. So I feel like you just, 
at some point should bring in some of the recognizable bounty hunters. That yeah. sounds like a fun time. Yeah, I, and I don't see them like recasting any of the big characters from the Skywalker saga like to make them look younger. Nah. I, I don't see that happening. I totally agree. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see major characters. They'll be side characters. And if, like, I, I mentioned the Clone Wars before because I'm still holding out hope for Bo-Katan, but we're going to talk about her later. Yeah. Aaron Young and 323 Starlight want to know what Moff Gideon having the Darksaber means for Mandalorian people and Bo-Katan. Okay, we'll talk about her now. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like, I don't see Bo-Katan giving up the Darksaber willingly. Not willingly. Yeah, no. but I, uh, I don't want her to be dead. I really want... Katie Sackhoff in this show playing Bo-Katan. Yeah, I do too. And yeah, I don't know. Like maybe that was Bo-Katan at the end of chapter five. She could have some spurs. Why not? Coming for that dark saber. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Where's the last time we saw the dark saber? Star Wars Rebels season four. Yeah. Maul had it and then Sabine had it and then she gave it to Bo-Katan. Right. And then they started their revolution, which we now know went very poorly. The Great (laughs) Purge happens. I mean, yeah, I think that the dark saber, it's always been a symbol of unity for the Mandalorian people. And I think that the fact that it's Imperial hands now shows that they are fractured, and it's just another sign of that. And I would really love to see, whether it's Bo-Katan or Din, over time, take up the Darksaber and then unite the people once more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, right now I just think that there, there's not many Mandalorians left. Bo-Katan, I hope, is still out there, but it could just be a flashback that we get in Season 2 or something showing us how Moff Gideon got the Darksaber. And I mean, that would... I. <laughs> That would really kill me to see Bo-Katan in live action and then have her like die on screen immediately. But uh, yeah, one one quick thought that I had, and I don't know if it, this would make sense, but if Moff Gideon used to be Mandalorian, we're gonna talk about that later. Okay, I should read the questions <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> Rick Villanueva and Tyler Shepard ask if we could see Mandalore in season two. I think that would be really cool. Again, I think that's highly likely yeah. because it, you know the what's her name the armor. There are armor. She doesn't have a name, right? I don't think so. The armor, like, briefly touched on the Mandalorian War, so I think I think that would be a safe thing to drop in season two. Yeah. Again, this could just be a flashback to like the Great Purge, and maybe that's where we see Bo-Katan and stuff, but. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll see it in season two, but I would really love to see us get closer and closer to it as the Mandalorian people become more united. Uh, there's this cool idea in my head for how the story will go, and I think someone's going to bring it up later, but I love the idea of them reclaiming the Darksaber, reclaiming their home, uh, but also reclaiming their honor, kind of like that's what we're seeing Din do mm-hmm. uh he he has a checkered past but he is becoming a better person i would like to see all of the mandalorian people kind of follow suit and instead of being violent for the sake of it just like that's our culture we're warriors and blah 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 and then <laughs> instead of swinging all the way to pacifism finding balance yeah which so much of star wars is about and also their creed seems to have gotten very strict or 
you know, the, the Mandalorians that we've seen so far in this show have taken it very strictly. And yeah, I hope to see that loosen up a little bit. I just want to see Pedro's face more. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Mark Coleman wants to know how Tar Vizsla reconciled being both a Jedi and a Mandalorian. So this doesn't have to do directly with the show, but with the Darksaber back, and Tar Vizsla created the Darksaber, I have wondered about that. And I hope either the show or a comic or something talks about Tar Vizsla some more. Because what little we know about him is that he was the first Mandalorian Jedi, he created the Darksaber, and he was also Mandalore, like the leader of the Mandalorian people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he found time to do all that. <laughs> yeah, I, like who trained him to be a Jedi? I, like I would guess he had a, a master. Um, but yeah, the, the Jedi Code and the Mandalorian Creed, they don't line up, especially ancient Mandalorians. They were conquerors, violent for the sake of it. So I'm wondering if he wasn't a Jedi for very long, if he like rose to the rank of knight, created the Darksaber and all that, but then I don't see him being allowed to be Mandalore as well. Yeah. Like that feels like something the Jedi wouldn't let happen. Yeah, it's it goes back to them needing to explore maybe this time period in Star Wars because a lot of it is just like legend stuff that we don't know that is fact yet so we don't really have any answers for this kind of stuff i'm more just yeah i'm trying to say in my mind how would one be the leader of mandalore and a jedi at the same time and i kind of think you can't be so i'm i'm wondering if there's just a a divide between tar and the jedi that we don't know about yet yeah i'm Maybe he just wasn't a true Jedi, or he was just telling people he was, and he made the... I don't know how he made the Darksaber, though. Right, We know so little about this stuff right now. Maybe he made the Darksaber first, and the Jedi were like, hey, we we should, like, get him under our control, or something like that. Yeah. Spugsdew asks if Season 7 of The Clone Wars could tie in with The Mandalorian. I think there's a good chance, maybe... I mean, they're like because Filoni worked on all of that stuff. I think that would be a good starting point for him to toss some stuff in there. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. Uh, the dark saber will appear, but I don't think we're gonna see Din Djarin or something like that. Would feel like just forcing it. I don't know how he would play into the story. And also he seems so unfamiliar with Jedi and stuff. Like how would he meet Ahsoka and then later be like, what's the force? I was thinking more like Clone Wars tie-ins with the Mandalorian. Yeah. On the Mandalorian, not Clone Wars. Oh, oh, the other way around. Yeah. Like in season two tying in. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That I could see (laughs) happening. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't see the Mandalorian showing up in Clone Wars Season 7. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that they've been working on those stories for so long, and they're probably more concerned with wrapping up those stories rather than like getting in connections with Rebels or the Mandalorian and stuff. Although it would be cool if um, Moff... Gideon? Moff Gideon yeah, but that's were like... just mentioned. But he's so far down the line. He might have been part of the Republic at the time, but... I, I, I think that they're just going to focus on Ahsoka and the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. I, I don't see, other than just like, yeah, Death Watch will be in there and just surface level stuff. 
mm-hmm. was probably going to happen anyway. Caleb Diaz wants to know if the Mandalorian will ever challenge Gideon to take back the Darksaber and unite his people. So, Din Djar himself. Din Djarin. Din Djarin himself yeah. taking... I don't, I don't know that he would want control of the Darksaber. We don't know how much he actually knows about it. I think he knows what it is. I, I have to assume that just all of Mandalore knows what the Darksaber is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want Bo-Katan to do it, but I also could see it's, it's his story. It's the Mandalorian's story. So no, it wouldn't really surprise me if he were the one to eventually challenge Moff Gideon to single combat. That's how uh, the Mandalorians lost it in the first place to Maul. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to see them gain it back through the same means. Give it to Baby Yoda. <laughs> he deserves it. This is a good question. Andrew Beardsley asks, where the Mandalorian's pulse rifle went for the second half of the season? I thought about that every episode since the last time we saw it, and I was like, maybe it's broken? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we missed a scene or something. So the last time we see it is in Chapter 4, when they use it against the ATST, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. And it's it's still in some of the concept art for the later episodes. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's probably a production thing of, uh, this weapon is too powerful and we don't want him yeah. disintegrating everybody. But yeah, I have to imagine that something broke or maybe he left it <laughs> with the village so that they could protect themselves Ooh, or something. Yeah, maybe the widow still has it and she's like, try and mess with this now. I think honestly, they just <laughs> were like, this doesn't play into the story we want to tell. So we're just going to brush it aside and hope people don't notice. And we noticed. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked really cool and it it was very overpowered. So yeah, maybe they just decided not to include it in the rest of the season. Yeah. Because if he had it, you know, he wouldn't have had the same big problems. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that... It, they they just needed to include one line where it's like, oh, it got waterlogged and <laughs> I can't use it for a while. Like, I need to fix it. Yeah. Just something like that would have solved it. Um, but I have to imagine it'll be back. Ben Powell wants to know what we think of the Darksaber being put in the show with no explanation for the less invested fans. I think it's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I do think a lot of people saw the Darksaber for the first time. And I'm trying to put myself in that mindset. If I didn't know what it was, I'd just be like, oh, what is that? And then I would try to go figure out what it was. Like, I don't think you need to know its full history to know that this is cool and important Mm -hmm. and to learn more about it. I'm trying to think because my 72-year-old mother has now watched all of The Mandalorian, doesn't understand most of Star Wars, but... I would imagine she saw that and said, oh, he's a Jedi. He has a lightsaber. Cool. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think most people would just be like, oh, that's neat, and move on. I think they would think it's just any other lightsaber, but in season two, they'll be like, oh, this is special, and hopefully we'll 
you know, get some more explanation. I wouldn't be surprised at all if in season two, we basically get told the same information that we learned in Star Wars Rebels about Tar Vizsla and all this, and it's a symbol of Mandalore. Like, they're going to inform the people that don't know, but in that 10-month wait or whatever, there are going to be people that look into it and get excited about it. And, and find your video. There's that. Uh, or <laughs> About the Darksaber. Or they start watching The Clone Wars, which is on now. Or like The Siege of Mandalore is going to... like I don't think it's going to tie into The Mandalorian, but it's going to be Mandalore adjacent. So they might <laughs> like want to invest themselves into the animation. Yeah. So I think it's just some of that universal synergy working and i don't think that anyone needs to know what the dark saber is in order to appreciate it daniel asks why sabine didn't help her people during the great purge so yeah at the end of star wars rebels season four sabine just stays on lothal uh basically to make sure nothing got messed up and she left the dark saber in bo katan's hands and they were supposed to liberate mandalore now we know that didn't go well, but Sabine still stayed there as far as we know. Um, I don't know. There, there's probably something that could be said where she did try to help, and there's only so much one person can do. Mm-hmm. Sabine also has kind of a weird history with her people. Yeah, I was going to say, I think her passing off the Darksaber to Bogotan was also kind of symbolizing, like, I'm needed here for other reasons. And. That's why she stayed. Yeah, I could see her just in a sense of duty being like, Ezra's gone, I'm going to protect his homeworld. Uh, it's just kind of like a... It turns into her just sitting there because the Empire never came. Um, they they wound up having to deal with the Death Star and the actual rebellion, so Lothal never suffered. So yeah, Sabine just kind of sits there it, it It is a weird thing, but it's just one of those things where the Great Purge didn't exist until after Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, she could have been hanging out with Ahsoka the White. I, <laughs> I bet that if we are to continue that story down the line, it will be addressed. <laughs> yeah. Rick Villanueva wants to know if Din's journey will mean that we get to see more of Yoda's species. We've talked about this a little bit and how we're both a little uneasy about seeing more about Yoda's species, like its home world, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a question that relates to our unease in a little bit. So for now, I'll just say that, yeah, I think we're going to learn more about them. I bet we will eventually see more of them. I think I'm, I'm becoming more and more on board with it. Uh, I do like the mystery behind it all, but if Din is working hard to uncover these secrets then it feels like kind of like we're working hard to uncover those secrets. Like we're going on that journey with him. It's not like they're just doing a a Yoda Origins movie and we're going to see a whole planet full of them. It's like, no, we have to find them. I don't know. I like that. The idea of discovery within the show is kind of exciting to me. I, I don't know what I would do if there were hundreds of baby Yodas. They could be everywhere. There could be enough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, that'd be, like, dangerous. What What if Din got there and he's like, I have to protect all of you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, like, with my emotions, I don't know what I would do if in one of the episodes we get to see more than one baby Yoda. 
Jim W. asks if the first season was how we thought it would be. For the most part, yes. Uh, well, like it surprised me in a lot of ways. Like I thought that it would be maybe grittier and darker and not as lighthearted and as funny as it wound up being. Like it struck a really good balance between those two things. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of expectations I had going into it. I, I, I did think that we would see the characters all together in more episodes, but I'm actually... Like, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, that that was my big complaint throughout all of the season, was that when they were marketing the show, it felt more like, here's Pedro Pascal and Carl Weathers and Gina Carano, and they are the three stars of the show. Mm -hmm. And then Gina Carano was in less than half of the episodes. So, yeah, I, I did think that it was going to be more of a we've got a main cast and so bouncing around between stories felt a little frustrating to me when i wanted all three of them to be working together and that's when chapter seven and eight those are my favorite episodes because the whole cast was around mm -hmm. the three of them queel ig11 like it just felt like everything was firing on all cylinders so yeah i i hope that they do that more in season two Michael Sweat wants to know if Gideon's TIE Fighter was a new type of TIE or just a modified design. Because he's got the fancy folding wings. Yeah, I've got some thoughts about that. Um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni teased that they might get into like the origins of the First Order. And I don't think they're I don't think we're going to show explicitly a bunch of First Order stuff, but that TIE Fighter was created as concept art for The Force Awakens. So I could kind of see that as being maybe the step between the TIE Fighter that we know from the Empire and the First Order TIE Fighter. Like, mm -hmm. the technology is evolving, and now we're like, we're just showing that a little bit. So I think that it's probably just the TIE Fighter 2.0 or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know that it has a new, the, the TIE folder or something like that, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where technology is slowly but surely advancing. And maybe they said, you know, from a distance, you can really see those TIE fighters. Maybe if we made the wings fold in half, people from afar wouldn't be able to see that we're here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> reminded me of the TIE hunter from uh, Star Wars Legends. That was more of like a straight up X-wing <laughs> yeah. kind of look, but... It, it had that feel to a, to a degree. I think it's just another way that like Filoni and, and Favreau are just putting their own spin on yeah. certain aspects of Star Wars. And I mean, it's, it's also just, it looks cool. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Cisnerd asks if we think Gideon is a Mandalorian. So that's, that was actually my first thought. Mine too. For him. And, like, how he got the Darksaber, I don't know. Well, even before we saw that, when Din was like, I know who that is. That's Moff Gideon. I haven't heard that name since I put on the helmet. And, like, so that made me think that, oh, they've known each other for a long time. And, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe Gideon betrayed his people. And that would also help explain how he has the Darksaber. So... 
when they were showing the flashback of the the Clone Wars battle and the battle droids, and then when Din is saved by Death Watch, I thought Gideon was going to be the guy under the helmet. He still could be, I guess, but... But he, then he it was talking about, like, he's a, a an ISB agent yeah. and all that other stuff, so... But I still think it's possible, but... I think there's room for it, but right now I think he's just an Imperial. Yeah, maybe his family is Mandalorian, and, like, from birth they, like, abandoned him, or <laughs> he's maybe he's got some beef with the Mandalorians big time. That'd be interesting. Like, maybe, yeah, or maybe instead of being abandoned, like, Mandalorians killed his family or mm. something. Like, we've seen Death Watch do something heroic, but uh, we're more used to them being the bad guys. Yeah. So that's possible. But for now, I think he is just an Imperial that got the Darksaber because he was in a place of power when it mattered. He probably oversaw the Great Purge or something. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that was a thought that crossed our minds. The Chosen One legend and Alden Diaz want to know if Baby Yoda's people could be the Jedi and not necessarily the Yoda species. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen a couple people throw that idea around. I think that, in my opinion, they made it clear that he was going to look for the Yoda species. Yeah. That sounds more intriguing to me than like, oh, I just need to find other Jedi. Uh, and honestly, I don't like, then that means you're going to run into Luke and... I like that the Mandalorian is removed from the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want them to keep it that way. Yeah, and I'm thinking back of over like all of Yoda's lines and all the movies. I don't think that points to his people being the Jedi. Right. <laughs> like, I guess the implication would just be that, well, it'd be easier to find Force sensitives than this mysterious... Uh, species we know nothing about but eh, like if he winds up delivering baby yoda to luke that only ends in tragedy so why would you (laughs) want that no he's gonna deliver baby yoda back to yoda people or he'll keep him and they'll make a tiny mandalorian suit for him and happily ever after They, they can do that too alex Bayer asks what are the chances that we could see luke in season two oops (laughs) uh i think low (laughs) yeah i would say very low like there is part of me where i'm like okay maybe in the last season and they showed in the rise of skywalker that they can de-age mark hamill very convincingly Mm -hmm. so it's possible i don't want it to happen I, i i'm much more interested in the search for yoda's home planet and his people we really need a species name because i feel like i just keep calling them yodas and yeah. baby yoda and I- yeah i don't necessarily want any more jedi to show up in this show yeah i or, agree well we haven't had any jedi really we've had them mentioned and we have baby yoda who is force sensitive but they've made such a big deal about the fact that he has these weird powers that like very little people seem to know about i think it would be a little awkward if uh jedi or a potential jedi were to be in the show what i could kind of see happen is like all right maybe he does run into luke on his search for yoda's people and that i wouldn't mind as much I, like i still i'd rather just keep the two things separate yeah. we don't need 
this to tie in directly with the Skywalker saga. I like that it's separate. Earl Mark wants to know how much we might learn about the Yoda species in future seasons. So, just <laughs> keeping with this theme, I, I think that we're going to learn where they live. See, I, I hope that they keep it very vague and mysterious still. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't mind seeing more of them. I don't mind finding their homeworld, but I kind of, I don't need to know the homeworld's name. And while it is difficult to describe the Yoda people and baby Yoda, like, without knowing what their species is, I'd be fine not knowing that either. Like, I, I like that there's this mystery. George Lucas always seemed to want to keep Yoda very mysterious. Mm-hmm. So we can just keep that going. Yeah, I don't want to say that if we do find out a lot about his species and homeworld, I don't want to say that that will make him less special as a character, but at the same time, I I, I don't know. I hope he does get back to his people, little baby Yoda, but like maybe he just meets another like one other kind of the Yoda species somewhere and he's like, I'll I'll take him back home and they don't really show it or mention it specifically. Yeah. I don't know. Like I I'm kinda torn on this because I do think that if we got to learn his home planet and if we learned their species name, I would probably be excited about it. Like Anything they drop, I do think I'm going to eat it up. But I'm also like, don't go overboard. Uh, I I would like to keep some mystery there, but it's going to be fun either way. Yeah, I mean, I trust Dave Filoni to handle this in a way that hopefully won't disappoint like the hardcore fans. I, I think he'll do what he thinks George would want. Lorenz Markov asks, what is Gideon's plan for Baby Yoda and for his Imperial cell? That's one of the big questions still remaining, is why do they want this baby in the first place? They want to extract some sort of material. We're all assuming metachlorians or Mm -hmm. something, but we don't know for what purpose. I think maybe it could be to try to replicate it. Yeah, Dr. Pershing's little patch... uh, signifying that he might be a clone or knows about cloning. I think that's a a good guess. Yeah. Just like studying force sensitive species in general and wanting to do like experiments and stuff just seems like an imperial thing to do. Yeah, that it's like what do they have an overall goal? Maybe not. It might just be but but they're like he's in he's just part of this small cell now. Yeah. It's not like the Empire has all these resources, and we're just running experiments because we can, I feel like there has to be an end game. And again, I don't want it to tie too closely into the Skywalker saga, but it could be something to do with bringing Palpatine back. I was about to say, maybe Palpatine is behind all of this, too. Uh, I'm already (laughs) tired. Um, (laughs) I hope not. Like, I hope it's not something so convoluted and it's, simpler mm-hmm. uh but also important so yeah i don't know and again like the, the same kind of goes with gideon's cell is he just trying to hold on to territory mm-hmm. is he trying to bring back the empire we don't know i think there it's just like a fight for power pretty much constantly now that 
the empire is gone. They're just all these warlords and, and imperial cells, and they're all just trying to be the best. Yeah. And whoever can find Baby Yoda and figure out how to replicate being Force-sensitive will be the best. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I hope that that's the case. I want it to be more like this is important for Gideon. I don't want him to be secretly serving the Emperor I'd much rather him just be like, I'm in this for myself. I've got some level of power and I want more. Christopher M. Passetto asks why the Mandalorians in the show seem more primitive than what we've seen in the past. So that being kind of like the creed being taken Mm -hmm. very strictly. Yeah, they seem more tribal almost. Yeah, and the helmet thing, like you can't take your helmet off. Although we've seen it yeah. a bunch before. I think that's just a, a what happens after the Great Purge. There's mm-hmm. so few of them left and they're like, let's revert back to the old ways when we were fewer in number. This is all about survival. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's just probably what the old rules set up before Mandalorians were ever like they, they had their own kind of mini empire. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian space was huge. And now it's not. So I think they're just trying to go back to what's familiar in a way. Yeah. And I think that's also another thing that could be setting up more explanations for old Mandalore history uh, in season two. Yeah. Nick Canavan wants to know if Boba and Jango Fett could be Mandalorians now that we know it's a creed and not a race. I think there's room for it, but no. I think that George meant for them to not be Mandalorian. And again, I think that's something Dave Filoni will honor. I don't see them following any sort of creed or anything. I think they just got the armor and that's it. Which, I mean, that again, if Boba Fett were to come into season two or three, that fits very well with like, I like this idea that the show is about what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? And Din and Boba Fett could literally have that conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. And we also did audio commentaries for every chapter of The Mandalorian. Those are all available right now. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.